something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I got this feeling that I've been here before. Hello and welcome to We Knows Parenting. I'm Peter McNerney. And I'm Beth Newell. Back again. Welcome new listeners. We're parents. We are married. We've got two kids. Maven is two and a half and Bryn is four. And we are comedians. Oh my God. We're so funny. <laughs> We're so what funny. What a terrible. <laughs> are you laughing yet? What a terrible way to introduce yourself to a new person. Hi, I'm Peter. I'm here to make you laugh. I guess that's what stand-up comedians do every single... You're the one putting out a podcast claiming to be entertained. I'm the one? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, okay, week in review. How are we doing? We had a lot of things happen this week, Beth. Starting with the big, uh, the big thing we set up last week, which is we had a little talk. The big thing. The big thing. We had a little talk with daycare about Bryn's behavior and yeah, this was hanging over our head all week last week which mm-hmm. is that daycare wanted to meet with us about our son's behavior issues his uh, listening skills listening um and i gotta say it was delightful it was a really productive uh and pleasant meeting it was surprisingly good i think we both in our brains expected that we were just gonna be like yelled at <laughs> For being bad yeah, parents? Yeah, I thought it was going to be more confrontational. It was like, I thought, because, I mean, there to some extent, there was, like, this attitude in which she had set up beforehand to be like, what, what do you do with him when he's like this? And the thing that I think was making me nervous was just like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what to do with him. Yeah. Um, well. And then we ended up having actually a pretty productive discussion with her because she didn't. The tactics that we do have, she was not fully aware of, and mm-hmm. we had a good back and forth discussion about how we can all try to be more mindful of this. So specifically, she let us know about two incidents, quote unquote, that happened uh, that in my mind was like, oh, it's our fault. But in her, in retrospect, like 
she was scared that something would happen and that we would be mad at her. Yeah. So one was they all went to the park one day and she she and said, it's time to leave. Time to leave. Brynn. And Brynn's like, no. And we refused to go. So she did what I have tried several on several occasions, which is the, all right, we're leaving. Bye, Brynn. And you like go and you walk. And a lot of times that does work. And like you go around the corner and you peek and you see what he does. But in this instance, he stayed there defiantly. And then he went up to a stranger, a woman who was there with her kid, and said, they left me. And so this woman had to run back to the park and say, no, I was watching. Like, he yeah. wasn't left alone. I'm, I'm not doing neglectful. My job. And I'm sure she did not want us to find out about this somehow. Yeah. But she told us. And we were very like, oh, yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then another time waiting for the bus, he got excited playing in a gazebo and refused to get on the bus. And uh, she has learned that, like we have, that if you say to Bryn, Bryn, and you suddenly get serious and mean, he's going to dig in and he is not going to Yeah, it's a weird go along with it. conundrum to think about because I think our last resort tactic is to literally just wrestle him indoors. <laughs> and you can't ask strangers to do that to your kids when they've and, got 10 other kids there and too he is getting enormous and i'm to the point where i'm like on a daily basis like we need a better solution well uh we do have one and i think the things that we talked about <laughs> you were so throughout this whole thing you were trying to make it sound like you have more answers than me and that you're not constantly dealing with a defiant child who doesn't listen um we're dealing with the same problem i'm excited about some things that have worked for me but you went into the meeting with her when she was bringing this up and i was like scared because i was like i don't know and you were like well i know how to fix this and you're just like throwing out ideas that work like 50 percent of the time so should i have suggested nothing she no, specifically said, I'm like, saying, I need your guys' you, you help. You speak with a lot of authority on things and you know that what? you... It makes people really comfortable, unless you're my wife. Yeah, in which case you don't trust it at all. Until our son is darting into traffic and it's not working. Okay, well, let's specifically talk about the things I suggested, which I think are excellent ideas, even if they don't have a perfect I didn't say they're bad ideas. I'm just saying you're presenting them as though they are foolproof solutions. That is you uh, interpreting knowing how full of shit I am. She doesn't know that. Anyway. Yeah, that is me interpreting <laughs> with facts. <laughs> the tactics we suggested, we, we talked about last week a bit, um, but I think the thing that really works with Bryn is in the moment realizing he's getting emotional is to like take a breath, step away, and try to meet him where he is on an emotional level. Acknowledge that he's feeling sad or frustrated. Ask him about those feelings and figure, like, why do you feel that way? Um, And then work your way back to the moment it could have uh, gone better. But the two other simple things that we both shared with her that I think were great is the don't ever surprise Bryn that you're about to... Don't ever surprise. That you're about to stop what he's doing now. No sudden movements. You no, know, like, time to turn off the TV. Like, you need a five-minute warning yeah. at least. Like, time to leave the park. You gotta let him know, Bryn, we're gonna leave in five minutes, okay? Yeah. I think well, this is... And all of these things have to be presented to him very calmly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, with as though you don't expect him to fight. Yeah. So, like, so this is gonna happen in about five minutes, and we're all gonna move along to the bedroom where we'll be 
putting on pajamas. Mm-hmm. And if he goes, no, I ignore that. And then I just start doing other things. And then if, and in two minutes, I'm like, all right, we got three more minutes till bedtime. And uh, if he says no, I ignore it. And he doesn't get upset. And then the other thing that you suggested, which I think is great, is the, is, I know it's something that works on me, which is the like, give him a job. Bryn, can you be line leader? And yeah. he will take you, you'll go wherever you want him to go. Well, this is what we got from the survey we filled out and at the preschool parents night is they were asking what he responded to and what he was into. And the answer is attention, <laughs> attention, attention, attention. Yeah. Um, and, and so, power. and I think preschool really used the surveys we filled out because the first week that they started assigning jobs to kids, they made him the line leader. And then they additionally made him calendar helper on top of that, I think in the same week. Um, so it was like a lot of stuff where he got to perform leadership and he mm-hmm. was felt very a part of things. And I think it was like a good introduction to jobs for him because he was like, oh, jobs are fun. Yeah. If you point his enthusiasm in a productive direction, he's going to he's going to take care of it. But if his enthusiasm is pointed in a counter direction, <laughs> everything is coming to a halt very quickly. Yeah. Um, so uh, we told uh, the woman who runs daycare that and she she perked up. She was like, oh, yeah, he does. Like, yeah. She also, one thing she said in the meeting that we both enjoyed was she's talking about him being stubborn and then she was like, he's very smart. I think the word was incredibly smart. Incredibly smart. You love that. <laughs> uh, but it was you, like... Of course, you're a parent. You're going to blush. You want everyone to talk about your kid that way. I mean... I come from a family of incredibly smart but difficult people, so I was just like, yeah, isn't it great and terrible? Like, just when people are using their uh, their vast resources to try to outwit you at every turn. Mm, and I um, come from a family of really smart but distracted people. Distracted people. Um yeah. Uh, so that was great. So I think that was a big win and uh, everyone feels good. And I was also, uh, the big thing is I was like so happy that she only had two instances to talk about. <laughs> I thought this was like a daily problem. Yeah. I was like, don't you mean every second? I we're, We told her in the meeting, like, he's worse with us than he is with you. I think this is like every parent's experience. And she was like, he used to be. And I think what happened is the luster of daycare has worn off and now he mm-hmm. thinks he's like big kid on campus. He has to prove himself to all the little babies that are around. Yeah. And so he's not listening. Yeah. But anyway. So that was that. And then the, on Friday night, mm-hmm. we went to the blaze. The great pumpkin blaze. Is it called the jack-o'-lantern blaze? What was it called? <laughs> sometimes it's referred to as the blaze. Sometimes the jack-o'-lantern blaze. This, for those of you outside of Westchester, this is a a, a thing, uh, not in Sleepy Hollow. I think it's actually Croton on Hudson, but they uh, hand carve like over a thousand pumpkins. Oh, thousands of thousands pumpkins. of pumpkins. Some of them are real pumpkins. Some of them are fake pumpkins. But they an insane are number of real pumpkins. They do make a point of telling you that they're all hand carved mm-hmm. and. They light them up at night and you go walk through and it's like pumpkins stacked on top of pumpkins in in the form of like a Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty, dinosaur, Jack in the Box. They're formed into shapes of things. It's incredible. It's really impressive. Um, I knew it would be cool, but it was far more elaborate than I anticipated. 
It's pretty elaborate. It's also, I have to say, for people not in the area, it's like a weirdly in-demand activity. This, they put the tickets on sale in early September, and they sell out in like two days, but like a full month's worth of tickets yeah. for this event. Um, so people want to see these pumpkins. <laughs> Bryn said so many funny things to me, and I can't remember any of them. <laughs> He but was it, acting very scared and, like, spooked. Um, he was scared like an 80-year-old man <laughs> where he's, he's like, Daddy, this is too scary. But he also does, like, cartoon faces where he's, like, sticking his lower lip out and being like, I'm scared. Mm, and he'd say things like, mm, I think this part's too scary, too. <laughs> Uh, this is his second year there. I think he, like, vaguely remembered last It is? Year. Yeah. You guys went last year? Yeah. Where was I? You're just missing an action dad as usual. <laughs> mm, last year I was. Well, that paints a picture that's not accurate, but a weekend, oh. not around weekend dad. <laughs> nights around, and weekend. Not around nights and weekend dad. I'm around all week. Oh. It's one. You're, you're around all the time when our kids are at daycare, so. It's true. Um. Anyway. Uh, so you, I love the pumpkin blaze too. I got scared too. It was so scary. The there was a headless horseman that threw his head. The music is what's really scary. I think it keeps it in a constant spooky mood. And so Maven just clammed up for the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> well, the lighting design is amazing. They just have these like subtle colors hitting the the trees like above. And so you have a weird sense of space and place. And it's not a very big area, but you feel like you're going through this cave. It is so spooky, you guys. You got to check it out. It felt like a real family event. Like our kids are at the age now where we can take them places. And you're like, we're we're really doing family activities. It's no longer trying to go places while carrying babies who are stopping us from enjoying everything. Well, that was the big thing I noticed this weekend. I did have to carry Maven for most of the blaze because it was at night. But our kids can walk now. Mm -hmm. And that is a game changer. Oh, yeah. Um, so that leads us into Saturday, which is when we took our kids to the Mystic Aquarium. It was such a fun-filled weekend. Yes. Uh, we met my parents who live in Massachusetts, so we met them halfway between here and there. And it was good. Aquarium, I think, is in general a good activity for kids. There's a lot to see. Oh, yeah. There's always interactive stuff, but it's not like... And you gotta love penguins. But when you go to a children's museum, there's like a couple of interactive things and then nothing. And this is like interactive things and then also a ton of fish and things to see. Uh, Weirdest part of the whole thing was seeing two scuba divers jump into the main tank uh, in Halloween costumes. They had skeleton scuba gear on. They brought pumpkins down there and just carved jack-o'-lanterns underwater. They were feeding the fish little like pieces of... The pumpkin. pumpkin. Were you really concerned buzz. that those fish were going to choke? Because I was. No. Okay. I mean, I, I was confident they'd thought it through, but part of me was nervous. I really loved how much Maven was into the aquarium. She When we walked in, we got right into the stingray tank where you can pet the stingrays. And oh, she, she, she was, was standing focused. above it, just frozen. Just like it was like Moana's grandmother when the. <laughs> the rays swim around her maven was just like taking it in like the queen of the rays well it's just also like it was her job yeah she wouldn't move from that spot for a while i I think she didn't understand that there was more to the aquarium besides that one room so she was like 
I'm going to take this in. And she was not smiling, but she loved it. <laughs> but she was just like, she was I, am, so focused. I need to see all of this. And she would walk up to the other tanks full of fish, just like with her face up close with all the fish swimming around her. It's the same thing, just like frozen. She said like two words the whole time. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like the bigger the group of people, I think this is similar to you. The more people that are around, the, she's just not interested in trying to like take the focus. No, she doesn't want to talk in front of those people. Her, she When we're at home, she's really silly and she's making like nonstop fart jokes. And then we get around other people she's not familiar with and she won't say a word. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is her grandparents and her aunt. She knows everybody. I think it's just yeah, the numbers. But I don't know. She yeah. was just, she was also really tired because we took her to the Blaze the night before. Did we talk about the Blaze? We had a big night at the Blaze. So it was a big weekend. We got blazed, as they say. Yeah. They don't say that. Um, the last thing I'll say is unrelated to children, but we were at the the Mystic Aquarium. And uh, as we were walking around, I was like, oh, there's a sea lion show. Oh, that's funny. I have friends. So Lee Overtree, who, uh, w- with whom I do the Story Pirates podcast, got hired last summer by an aquarium to write and direct a show and narrative around the sea lion show that they do. So he he wrote and directed this really funny show based around what the sea lions are capable of doing. And it was this like big bizarre project that uh, he got hired to do. And I was like, I would love to go see that, but I can't. And I was at this aquarium and I was like, oh, they have a sea lion show. I bet it's not as good as Lee's. And I like sent him a picture of something. Uh, and then as I was leaving, I was like, Hey Lee, what is that aquarium you did your show? And he's like, "Oh, that's the Mystic Aquarium." Too and bad we, we didn't see we it. We just missed it, and I'm honestly so upset. Like, when am I going to be there again, casually? So, if I, you're in the Mystic, <laughs> Connecticut area, see Lee Overtree's Sea Lion Show. I did. As we were leaving, I got up higher on one of the platforms to look towards the whale tank and I saw they were feeding the beluga whales which were adorable <laughs> and I was holding Maven and we watched them for a while and like I, my, I think you and my parents had already headed towards the parking lot or something so she was alone for once and she like that was when she started talking and she was like yeah well like she was really <laughs> they were like okay that's it. enough let's go <laughs> yeah um they were those beluga whales are so cute you want one I do want one. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This next segment is called Did You Knows, where... We share some parenting things we've read online. Okay, okay, okay. So this one's real loose. This one's real light. I read this whole article in Wall Street Journal um, about uh, finding out the gender of your baby. And I'm not even going to really read this article because I'm just going to give you the gist of it. But the the basic idea of this article, there's a lot of anecdotal uh, interviewing different couples where apparently there is a, a trend um, that is more so than in years past of one parent finding out the gender of the baby while the other um, remaining ignorant to that uh, gender. And it was just a, f- a fascinating read about the issues that come along with that. Uh, and like uh, it's and it's typically um, fathers not wanting to know the gender and mothers deciding what it is, which, and so they can, and whoever it is, it's not always that way. Uh, But so one parent knows the gender and starts to uh, plan accordingly um, and thinking up like baby names and all that. But weird, (laughs) the weird issues like buying clothes for babies and having to hide them from your spouse and also while having the baby name discussion with your spouse, uh, pretending like you care about the gender that you know the baby that isn't. so hard to pretend to care. And I read this article and I was like, boy, this is so stressful for the person who decides to he- hear it. And it's really easy for the one who's like, I don't want to know. Uh, so obviously that I related to this because I didn't want to know the gender. But you were like, okay, I, I'm going to find out. I remember you not wanting to know. That was my preference. It wasn't a real strong one. But I was like, let's be surprised. And you were like, no, no, I. this is not a discussion. I'm finding out. You can do whatever you want. And I was like, well, I'm not going to let you know and <laughs> me not know. Uh, for exactly, I hadn't thought it through, but it's for exactly these reasons. 
that uh you like hadn't I, thought it through, but it's for exactly these reasons. I hadn't thought it through. You're taking but. credit for the things you didn't know. Okay. All right. Great. That sounds good. <laughs> Let me right. take that back. <laughs> it, for, you know, that like, oh, you're going to be moving on with like the next part of, of being a parent and I'm going to be back here and I don't know what's ahead. And like, I'm, I didn't want that. Um, also, I, I don't like other people knowing things I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're... Why? So why did you make that decision? Because I wanted to know. I. It's weird. I When I see like, you know, videos of childbirth, which I always think are very impressive. And then sometimes they'll like reveal the gender in the moment. Like that's exciting. But I also like having been through it you're have such a crazy rush of hormones in that moment. Like anything could be happening and you're just sort of like, what is this baby alive, healthy? What's going on? Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's fine. I, if you want to find out then, but I don't think that's like a necessarily like a time to fully process it. And I, it's not like it diminishes the, how incredible that moment is. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want our families to know with Bryn because I, I think my number one reason was because if it was a girl, I thought they would buy us a million pink things. And I was just like, (laughs) I can't handle being inundated with pink. Did we not tell anyone the gender? Well, we weren't going to, and then it was a boy, and I suddenly just, like, didn't care anymore. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine, it's a boy. You like, just didn't want pink things. Yeah, and then by the time Maven rolled around, I think I just cared less about everything. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, with Maven, too, like, she got a lot of hand-me-downs, so she didn't get a ton of pink stuff, which is also nice. And I just, mm-hmm. now she's really into pink, and I don't mind because it feels like it's, it's her, her decision. Like, this oh, is yeah. something she's into. But... I just, I think it's a weird thing to do to like a newborn from day one. Well, it's such a weird thing. It's like you don't tell people the baby name you picked until the baby is born, because if you go, hey, we're gonna name, um, we're gonna name our our son Bruno, that you're asking people to judge a name on its own, and it's most people won't love it. But if you say, hey, here's my son. His name is Bruno. Like you, you can't judge it because you're judging a person now. Right. And the, and especially, I think the people who have the biggest opinions about stuff like this are grandparents. And then once they have a grandkid, they're going to love them either way. So you yeah. might as well just present them with this grandkid that they love with the name they have. Yeah. So you don't have to like know for however many months that they don't like your decision. Yeah. Don't tell anyone the name. Well, a funny thing happened to me because before, when you first got pregnant, uh, we didn't know the gender, and you had a strong feeling that it was going to be a girl. And you, uh, you've you decided, like, this is going to be a girl. And I was very like, you don't know. Science says. And uh, and I was like, you don't know. And, I was, uh, and then as time went on, uh, I, without trying to, just because of how you were talking about the baby, the picture in my head, you create a character. There's this person, and I had a daughter, uh, and she existed in my head, and I didn't realize I had committed to that idea just because that's how you were talking about it until you found out the gender and I was out of town. So you called me, uh, and you told me that it was a boy. Well, I opened the envelope while on the phone with you. Yeah, that's true. And it was funny because (laughs) the 
technician, I told her, I asked her if she would write it on the thing for me and put in an envelope. Yeah. And she drew an arrow pointing to a penis and wrote, <laughs> boy. <laughs> well, that is what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember the second, because I could hear you were excited and surprised that it was a boy. But the first reaction I had without thinking about it was that like, I just lost my daughter's gone and I would, I didn't realize how fully I'd committed to this character until it didn't exist anymore. And I was like, Oh no, but that's, it wasn't real. Obviously I had never met this baby in person. And then, then you, then you create this other character that is the, f- the first version of Bryn cause we decided on a name and, uh, and then the baby is born and, and you're like, Oh no, this is the person that was a, it's like yeah. in online well, anyway, relationships. Back to the article. I think the decision here on this of to know or not know, like, uh, this is one of those where I have to say I think the mother should get to decide. Like, assuming this is a male-female relationship. Like, we, there's so much your body is going through that you're doing to create a person and, like, destroy yourself for almost a year. And it's like, it... What I, it doesn't matter what your arguments are for or against knowing. It's like just you get to decide. That is uh, traditionally been the point of view uh, for a lot of people. Traditionally, well, that was part of this article. It's like uh, typically that is many people's deciding factor, mom, for those reasons. But I'll say I understand not wanting to know, but just know that if you're going to split that duty. Uh, the person who does know that. No, but like you're acting like this is a shared thing. Like all of these things, like it's, it feels like the same thing with planning a wedding with you and having a baby where you like, don't do the work. No, I'm agreeing with you. You come in towards the end and want to have an opinion. And like the, I, the knowing whether it's a boy or a girl affects the kinds of clothes you buy. This is exactly what I was, what you were saying is exactly what I was just saying just now. I 100% agree. But I'm that's why I'm saying this is stuff that still falls mostly on the mother's shoulders, not because women want to, but because men don't yes. step up. So then if for you to have an opinion that's like, oh, I don't want to know, is like you just like brushing off more emotional labor for a, a mother of a newborn to deal with when she's already underwater. Yes. You just articulated exactly what I was attempting to say. Exactly. Yes. You keep taking credit for. No, no, no. I'm trying to. I am trying to give you full credit for okay. being able to say more articulately you what I was trying. You didn't respond to me in a tone that was in agreeance when you started. Well, because you interrupted me as if I was about to say the opposite of what I was trying to say. So, pardon my defensiveness. I am agreeing with you. You are right. I don't think I would have understood that at the time when we were uh, making this decision. Uh, even though I claimed, in retrospect, to f- fully understand. Yeah, even though you com- are now claiming that this was exactly your point all along. Um, uh, I take it all back. I don't know anything. Because, the, But you did the same thing with the birth plan, which was me doing all this research and li- having the experience of literally having a person inside my body. Mm-hmm. And then you, doing no research, decided to refute my birth plans. and I... 100% supported your birth plan 
I did have questions 100%? about it. A hundred percent? Yeah. That is a hundred percent a lie. Well, you say me having questions and concerns about it, if that's not a hundred percent, you're right, I did. But at no point was I like, we shouldn't do this. Yeah, you were. When we, I got in a fight with your family and my family, and then you were not backing me up. And you kept saying that they all had valid arguments and you made it sound like I was dumb, even though I was the only one of any of us who was doing any research on this topic. (sighs) For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, which is basically everybody, Beth wanted to have a home birth for our first uh, child. And I was nervous about that. And I did have questions, and I don't remember all these details, so I'm going to assume that everything just Beth, Beth said is, is correct. <laughs> uh, See, but even now, this you not remembering the details, like you get to have the luxury of not worrying about the details, mm-hmm. while all of it either affects directly affects me or reflects on me. Um, that's fair. So anyway, what I was saying before... <laughs> I'm going to, I'm taking, I'm, I just. Before you took credit for all my thoughts and words while actively disagreeing with them. I wait, wait, how did we get here? <laughs> I support, I, I agree. I'm listening. Normally in real estate, normally, here's the problem. Normally in real life, this is the moment where I'm like, okay, okay. All right. I've definitely, let me stop and think about what I've said so that I don't dig myself deeper because I know that Beth is right. But now we're on a podcast and we have to fill all this and time. And you're trying to look at so you're correcting me incorrectly. Right. This is me stopping true. to admit my faults. <sighs> okay. Anyway. I agree with Beth. Moms, if you want to know or not know, it's your call. Dads, if they want to know, just know too. You know what? It's a moment. I don't even think. Get over it. Yeah. Unless it matters more to you. I don't know. There's no right answer. But just know you're asking more of your wife whether you think you are or not. You like how I just learned a lesson and then I turned around and just told all the dudes out there like it was my idea? Yeah, and you had to have a last word on everything. I love you. This next segment's called Listeners Want to Knows. This is where we take questions and comments from our listeners. We got a couple of emails. This one is from Kevin. Kevin writes, hi, love your podcast. My wife and I have three kids, a four-year-old boy and 18-month-old twin girls. Life is busy. Today, I took the twins out for a short walk so my wife and son could have uh, do a baking project. It's always hard to get out, of the door, uh, out the door with the twins, so I neglected to take the diaper bag. Uh-oh. Only going out for an hour. What could possibly happen? We headed for the library, a good and cheap place to kill an hour. Cheap equals free win. As soon as we got there, I smelled something. One of my daughters had dropped a load. I snuck a peek. It didn't seem too bad. Clean pinch. (laughs) Little deer pellet-sized poops. So I decided to empty the diaper, give her a wipe, and pop the same diaper back on. Win slash fail? I can't tell anymore. Ellipsis. Kevin. Wow, Kevin. <clears throat> that no diaper bag is such a classic dad move. 
Um, I feel like moms I know with diaper age kids will almost never leave the house without a diaper bag. Um, I will say we we together recently did leave the house without do. a diaper bag. So it's not unheard of. Yeah. I mean. But our kids are older. So it's like less of an issue. Older. Also, we usually have like at least one loose diaper in the car somewhere. There's probably 14 loose diapers in the car in different nooks Just and crannies. Just floating around. And like 10 packs of wipes. We also a lot of times end up using loose car diapers to wipe up <laughs> spills of soda, different. It's they, we don't use the wipes there yet. We use random diapers. Well, They're very wipes, absorbent. Wipes don't absorb things. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy is really lucky. These were some dry pellets. That's what, <laughs> that's all I have to say about this. But you know what? I think, um, in my mind, I read this. I was like, oh my God, you know what? That had actually never occurred to me. Just empty out the diaper and put it back on. I'm like, that's wise. Well, but that you'll make it back home that way. Is incredibly rare that you've got some dry, pellety poop. Sure, but I think there's a wide range of possible poops where that's still the best case scenario. A wide range. Of <laughs> I mean, we can get into poops. the intricacies of what kind of poop smears you got with how how. Th- <laughs> I'll stop describing it. But like, if you got if you know you're gonna be out for a while, and you gotta get home. It's pretty good, pretty good idea. You're gonna minimize the spread, and uh, it's gonna containment. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a, would I call it a win? Uh, I'd call it a save. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. I also can't relate to having twins, so. Kevin, you and your wife are heroes anyway, but mostly your wife probably. (laughs) You should say that too, Kevin. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now it's time for a brand new segment called Me Knows Nothing. This is a segment we do when uh, Peter fucks up the recording so bad and they uh, uh, we decide to record so last minute that there's literally no room for error so that when Peter accidentally only records Beth's side of a segment and then says, whoa, we really left that to the last minute on a Monday night and we have to record. We have to release this tomorrow morning, and Beth goes to bed after a very long uh, a week, and uh, then Peter goes to put the whole thing together and edits and, re- and realizes the last 20 minutes are gone. He, uh, he has a bit of a conundrum, which is, do you wake up um, your wife, who's had a, a tough, uh, 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 a, a lot of work uh, done, and um, a lot of work done, what the hell does that mean? Um, uh, she's tired. And if I wake her up, um, you know what? Are we going to have fun, snappy banter? No, we're going to have uh, uh, a really belabored, pushed, unfun uh, segment. So I'm going to let her sleep, you know, and um, we'll see if she even finds out that this happened. But what I am going to do is delightfully recreate what it was we talked about in some of the segments that um, were accidentally cut due to my incompetence. Uh, so we did a little, do you knows what she said, uh, segment, and that's a game where we, uh, offer three quotes, uh, from our daughter Maven, only one of which was real. And I offered three to Beth about something that happened this afternoon. I picked her up from, uh, daycare today. And, uh, by the way, daycare, we were supposed to have our Halloween, uh, daycare party, but apparently only three kids, including our two, uh, brought costumes. So we showed up and they said, uh, party's on Wednesday now. I said, okay, great. And, uh, but we uh, got the little paper plates that, um, Brendan and Maven made with ghost faces on them, their little art project for the day. And we took them in the car. And as I put them in the car, Maven held hers proudly. And, uh, she looked at the back and, uh, she said, and here are the three options I gave Beth. She said, 
because uh, it's, it's a little paper plate with a ghost face and there's like white paper uh, hanging off the bottom of it like it's its body. And uh, on the back it says Maven. And so she said to me either, look daddy, ghost poop, referring to its body. She said to me, look daddy, this ghost has no hair like you. Or she looked at the back, saw her own name, Maven, and said, look, Daddy, B-R-Y-N, Maven. Delightful, fun. They all seem plausible. What did Beth guess? Beth guessed, look, Daddy, the ghost is pooping, which was a really excellent guess because, um, if we're being honest, Maven has talked about nothing but poop all week. In fact, she's been uh, talking about poop. She's been drawing poop. She's a very good um, artist for two and a half, um, according to me. Uh, and the thing she's chosen to draw quite skillfully sometimes is poop. We have a big chalkboard. She drew a, a big oval the other day, and she said, it's a skinny egg. I go, that's pretty good. She erased it, and then she drew a much skinnier oval and said, it's a skinny poop. Uh, and then we all laughed. And so she quickly erased it and just started drawing scribbles and quickly saying, it's poop. And then not even trying to draw poop, just wanted to get to the punchline, it's poop. And then she would pose next to the chalkboard because she's classy, you know, like that. And uh, so Beth guessed the ghost poop. Uh, but that was wrong. That was not what she said, which is why I included it as a curveball. What she did say she looked at her name, Maven, and said, pointing at it, B-R-Y-N, Maven, which is pretty uh, clever and obviously misinformed, as Bryn loves to look at his name and say, B-R-Y-N, Bryn, because that's how you spell it. And uh, Maven, just this hilariously misinformed two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, sort of missed the point, but uh, picked up the, the flow of it. You point at your name, you say these letters, and then you say the name. B-R-Y-N, Maven. Um, so that's going to be the episode title of this episode this week. Um, but this episode is also going to be dramatically short because we don't have any time to see each other or to do this. Um, we make as much time as we can, but if something goes wrong, you know, here we are. Uh, I was stressed about it for a while when we ran out of our eight backup episodes so fast. Um, but now it has become actually, despite the fact it's stressful to get this done, uh, much more exciting to know that, and hopefully you guys listening, you realize that what we're talking about really is this week. If you're listening to this week's episode, this is what we're dealing with this week. Um, and it's, it allows us to answer your listener mail um, more in a more timely fashion. And um, so I'm going to turn this procrastination into a plus. You guys are living our lives as we're living it, as close as we can. Uh, how do you end a segment without a delightful wife to banter with? Um, abruptly? This has been We Knows Parenting for another week. If you'd like to reach out, let us know, uh, uh, tell us a story, ask us a question, give us advice, uh, maybe give us a would you knows hypothetical parenting scenario. You can email us at 
weknowspod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail uh, via our voice, our Google voicemail uh, number, which can be found on our website, weknowsparenting.com. While you're there, why not buy a shirt? You know, holidays are coming up. We have a few uh, shirts uh, to purchase, including our new You Fucked Up uh, t-shirt, which is being said by a baby. And if you'll recall, Bryn once said that to Beth. So buy that. Please uh, find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, Find Beth uh, and myself, our personal accounts on Instagram, uh, where you can find the funniest Bryn Maven videos around. Also, check out the Story Pirates new album, Nothing is Impossible. Wherever you get your music, it's very good. Check out the Story Pipes podcast if you've got kids or not. Um, but uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. B-R-Y-N. Goodbye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.